Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. there high vibe tribe if you can detect a different tone to my voice it's because i'm suffering from chauvid right now what is chauvid you might ask well it's my rather lovely name for the lovely combination that is shingles and covid at the same time and so although i am slightly on the mend now i haven't really had the time, space, energy, or breath to be able to record a podcast for you this week. Lucky for me, I'm also asked to be a guest on other people's podcast. And so what follows is an episode that I did with the Women Who podcast, which is run by Carrie Pawley and Lisa Lloyd. When I was interviewed by them for their podcast back at the tail end of the summer, So this is me talking about coaching, how I came to get into coaching, how I got started in business myself. I talk about wearing the mask. I talk about depression and grief, talk about different types of coaching. I also share what I would do differently if I had to start all over again. And I talk about who the women who inspire me are. It's always a bit different being on the other side of the mic. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll be back with you on top high vibe form next week. Welcome to the next episode of the Women Who podcast. Today I am joined by Dawn Owen. Hi Dawn, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm about to break up for a week off, so I'm my vibes are very high right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. But tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? What what do you do? What's your business? Yeah, okay. So it's the imaginatively titled Dawn Owen Coaching. Do you see what I did there? That is, yeah. It, 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 yeah inspired title yeah. but you know like the, the that advert says it does what it says on the tin that's what it says on the tin so I am a business and life coach although I don't like the term life coach because I think it has a lot of kind of negative airy fairy connotations for a lot of people but I I know what you mean people. yeah yeah so I coach people in their life and their business and it's all about people really so I mainly work with women mainly over 40 who are in service-based businesses and 
I think my website says something like, I work differently. And what I mean by that is I don't have the seven steps to success or the six-figure blueprint. I deal with the people because it's all about the people. It's all about, you know, what's going on in our heads. And I deal with what's in front of me. So I work very intuitively around mindset, business strategy, and a little bit of woo in there as well. Yes, it's not. It isn't one size fits all. And those coaches that do just stick to a very rigid formula will have great success with some people, but that won't necessarily work with others. But it sounds like what you're doing is kind of getting to know the person to understand what they need as an individual and then tailoring. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think with the business and life coaching, it's really just people you know, people who happen to be in business or happen to have a life or whether <laughs> they, you know, want coaching on, whether it's relationships or it's health and fitness. Um, you know, it all lots of people have seen that wheel of life that a lot of coaches yeah, deal yeah. with. Um, and I do use that. Um, and what I look at with people is they might come to talk about their business, but when we look at the wheel of life, their health and fitness is completely out of whack. And so we'll kind of do some focus on that because I like somebody told me a phrase about 10 years ago a rising tide floats all boats I don't know who said it somebody's bound to bound to be it sounds very deep and but all it means is when it comes to coaching for instance pick the segment of your life that's gonna have the biggest impact on all of the others so I think particularly you know if we're feeling a bit crap about ourselves um it can affect everything it might mean that we're not going out say networking as much as we should or we're not putting ourselves forward for things as much as we should because we feel rubbish in ourselves so let's work on that and then that's going to have not only impact the health and fitness but the business and the relationship and the fun that they're having in their life so yeah I do work yeah. very intuitively with kind of what's in front yeah. of me you can't really separate the person from the business in in that kind of sense can you it's you know whether you've got a self-employed person who's just you know one person or somebody who's running a, a company yeah. it's all intertwined in their in their mindset and how they feel about the world yeah I definitely think so and doesn't like say it doesn't really matter what the size of the company is and I think particularly in you know in our community a lot of the women we are our businesses and that's yes. gone, you know, okay, we're not talking about Coca-Cola-sized businesses here, but in our businesses, our values, our morals, our principles are going to come to the fore in our business, whether they're helping us or not. Is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they are because we are our businesses and there's, you know, the word personal brand has grown over the last few years. I think if you look back 10 years and said personal branding, you wouldn't really know what anyone was talking about. But no, I wouldn't. Now, you know, now it is a thing and we we are our businesses. But even the so I know you said you're not the Coca-Cola size businesses, but even you know if you if you say Twitter or mm-hmm. Apple or yeah. Amazon, you immediately think of particular individuals and yeah. they have a they have a brand. Yeah, they themselves. do. And rightly or wrongly, I think we would also 
go, okay, you know, Twitter, Elon Musk, so therefore Twitter X, Y, Z, because we attach the meaning yes. to what we do now. We think of Elon Musk, Virgin, Richard Branson, whatever you think of him, can have, you know, an impact on what you think about that company. So you're right, it doesn't really matter what the size of the business, it just all goes through. Yeah, fascinating. So what what made you get started down this route? Is it is kind of coaching what you've always done or... Or was it a, a shift at some point <laughs> yeah. in your life? Yeah, there was a big shift. So I, um, when I was really young, but I've got a really young, not even a child, like a teenager, just seems so long ago. <laughs> when I was a teenager, all I really wanted to do was dance. I wanted to be a dancer. And um, I always have to caveat this with, this is in the days before dancer meant something else like it maybe does these days. <laughs> I, I wanted to be on. I'm, I'm thinking like ballet or yeah. Pop. So I did ballet and tap and modern and disco and all of that. And I wanted to be, you know, like a dancer on the Royal Variety Performance or something like that. Yeah. So um, I loved school and I got on really well at school. And the um, I was head girl and the head teacher was horrified when my parents came down and they said, "Oh, she, you know, she wants to go on and do some dancing for a career." and leave and not go to uni so I, I didn't do the uni route um I did about half a term to do my A-levels and I was like no I can't do it I just want to go and dance so I've got a job dancing but that kind of thing isn't well paid so yeah I'm job in a shop at the same time and then once I kind of got a little bit older and realized that dancing's not very well paid and if you want to buy nice clothes and things you need some money <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I was probably the one that said to my dad, oh, dad, I need a real job. And so um, my dad at the time worked in the motor trade. He was very, um, very connected in the insurance industry. And so he just got me a job in insurance. And I just went and started. And I think in those days, it was called a VDU operator. If you, yes, I remember that as a job title. Yes, yeah. that's what I started at, at Royal Insurance. And I literally took to the world of work. I loved it. And I realized that I definitely wanted a career, not a job. Yeah. I kind of went through the ranks there, became like a section head and all of this thing. And then um, I went to work at an insurance brokerage for many years and then eventually left and started my own insurance brokerage. And that was about now 12, 13 years ago. And so and I think that's what a lot of people do. Whatever it is that, you know, if you decide that you want to have your own business, you do the thing that you've done. It, ma- it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. If it's something that you've got experience in and you know you can do well. Yeah, it's a logical. It is logical to take. But knowing what I know now, it's not really that logical because being the, you know, the the two I see, the second in command, if you like, somewhere and having your own business, two completely different things. So yes, I how yeah. to do insurance. I haven't got a clue how to run a business. And, you know, I went in with somebody else. Thank God. And the insurance industry is very well regulated. So you have to have yeah, yeah. a lot of money in the bank and stuff like that. But we've got these service offices and we had a board table. There's only two of us, but we had a board table. We had this fancy schmancy coffee machine. And we were like, you know, I guess each other. Th- that that sort of industry, though, you've got, there is an element of needing to present in a Definitely. certain way for yes. your clients to, yeah, yeah for sure. as a reputable company yeah, to work got, with. But, yeah, you've got to have that 
kind of um, place to bring them to. But, you know, in the first few days, like the phone wasn't ringing and we would just sit across from each other looking at each other. And then I think on the third day, we had our first phone call. It was actually the Chamber of Commerce. And <laughs> like, can see you, new business, you know. So they came around. Anyway, they told us about networking. And at that point, I hadn't ever heard of networking. And, you know, sometimes when you have big things that are in your life now, but you look back and try to remember the time before you even knew that was a thing. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes, we went and then we, there's a networking thing tomorrow. And this is what I heard. You come, there's loads of people. They're all going to buy your insurance. And, you know, you're going to be a millionaire this time next year. So I'm like, well, this sounds amazing. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, sign me up. I'm there. So I went to the networking event. I did really enjoy it. And long story short, I started networking a lot. Um, I was that person who probably, you know, vomited my stuff in your face. Buy my insurance. Here's my card. Everyone needs insurance. You know, when do you need it? When do you need it, Karen? And um, so I apologise if anybody met me in those days. <laughs> but, that but they did need insurance. Well, everyone needed insurance, yeah. I thought. Yeah. But the thing is with insurance, you've got a one in 365 chance that their insurance is due. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking to them, you know, so... So really, it was all about building relationships. Unfortunately, I met someone who did training in networking. They shared their knowledge with me. I did a few courses and things on it, and I became um, a good networker and really kind of grew that business in nine months really quickly. What happened was I opened up all this other world to me of personal development and stuff, which I'd never really heard of until then either. And then I, what I did was I sold out my half of the insurance brokerage to the guy that I'd set up with and became a, a, a coach, really. But I was coaching people at that time in networking and how to get business by networking. Yeah, yeah. And then I just kind of upskilled myself as time went on. In At the start of that journey also, um, I had some coaching myself because I'd lost my mom and I found myself really depressed, although I didn't recognize it at the time. And so I tried a few different things, but the thing that I found that worked for me was coaching. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I suppose, again, like you said, when you've got a business, you know, when you've worked in something and then you start your own business, I was like, I want to be able to share this with other people because it was so transformational for me. And I loved how it can just grow with you as such, or you can grow through it if you like. So you can, I, I believe, you know, we're all evolving all the time. And so you can have coaching for different things at different times in your life. So then I started to do, get some formal qualifications and then it kind of went from there really. And that's how I've changed. And as we do, you know, you kind of modify your niche. If you like, everyone always talks about niche and how I've ended up right now focusing on this kind of lovely over 40s ladies in business because you know I totally there's a lot of us yeah and there is a hell of a lot there's a lot of us yeah it's it's really interesting I didn't realize you'd started out in insurance well dancing and then insurance been very different culture to but, work within com- yeah completely different and you know insurance even then was still very male orientated and I think I definitely embraced that and I used to wear you know the power suits and yeah, yeah. Was scraped back so tightly in a bun and it was all black always you know I was always in a black suit 
And I remember actually when I first started networking, over my first networking was over Worcester Way, although I didn't live over this way at the time. And um, I remember getting my colours analysed and and black was the worst thing possible for me to wear. <laughs> and just about, I remember wearing this purple dress once because I owned a lot of black. So I was like, well, I can't go out and get rid of all of that. So I put this purple dress on and went networking. And honestly, people were just like, and I put my hair down and people were just talking to me and going, oh, you know, I've always found you quite standoffish before, but today you seem really nice. And I'm just like, well, I've just got a purple dress on, that's all. You know, It's I'm amazing. Not- the, yeah. the difference that yeah. that dressing and behaving yeah. as your authentic self yes. makes versus that that sort of power suit professional mm-hmm. front yeah. where you're 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 kind of guarded when you're in that persona. Yeah. Aren't you? I think you are guarded, and so I refer to it as a period when I would like put a mask on to go to work yeah yeah wake up in the morning and part of this was you know in with my depression and stuff like that as well but I felt like I literally would open the bedside cabinet in the morning as soon as I woke up to put on my dorm mask as I would call it go off it's exhausting and and you know I look back now and I realize it was why my business wasn't going as well as I wanted to or I was attracting the people that were totally not my people. Um, and it's only, you know, really the years after that I can look back and see that that's because I was putting out a different persona to who I actually am. And I think now I'm definitely more authentic than I've ever been. And authentic is a word that can be overused, I think. But it's just being yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember... <laughs> I remember showing my dad a video once that I'd done, like a little piece to camera. And this has got to be now ooh, seven, eight years ago. And uh, we're originally from the black country. So I will translate for everyone in Worcestershire. But he was like, well, well, it's lovely, Bob. He said, but, but where's that voice come from? I said, oh, dad, it's the voice that you have to use when you speak on video. It's, it's your video voice, dad. And he went, well, it, I don't know anything about this, Bob. He said, but that doesn't sound right to me. And actually, he was right, because, you know, it was that. And I remember when I used to present in front of a room, I used to present as somebody else because it was like, oh, well, this is how you present when you're in front of a room. And this is, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I've learned over time that the more you are, in fact, I have an affirmation, the more me I am in my business, the more people I attract. And that's, that's yeah. really proved, proved to be true. And I would, you know, encourage anyone who is starting or or in business just to go, you know what, the more yourself you can be, the more of your personality that you can show, that's that personal branding really, the the better the quality of people that you're going to attract for you because you'll attract the right people rather than the wrong people. People want to work with people that they trust and admire and generally if you're not being yourself, people will see through that to a certain degree, won't they? And um, yeah, it's that people like you know, we want to be with people that we perceive are like us. So yeah. if you're being somebody else, you're going to attract those people who may not necessarily have the qualities of the people that you're going to enjoy working. And I think when you first start out, definitely, you know, I remember it is about paying the bills. You have yeah, to yeah, everyone, even though. 
you get that feeling in your pit of your tummy, you know, and you're like, oh, not them, oh, it's not right. I know, I know Carrie's going to be a nightmare client. And every time you see their name pop up on your screen, you're like, oh, God, you know, what do they want? But then after a while, you get to that point. I think it's a real big turning point in business when you can actually turn down a client or you actually stop attracting those people and you just attract yeah. more people that you do want to work with yeah yeah definitely and I I guess it's especially important in coaching that you find the right people because you're oh. you're more able to help yeah the right people and I think that works on both sides as well you know um I very much believe in you know stay in your lane whatever it is that you're doing and a couple of months ago, for instance, I came across somebody came and had a call with me. We got on really well, but I am not the coach for where she was right now. She needed a different kind of coach. Yeah. And I'm okay with going, look, I'm not the coach for you right now, but here's, you know, half a dozen people that you could work with if you want to. Because coaching, you know, it it has to start with relationship and honesty for a startup. Because yeah. coaching isn't comfortable to be completely honest then you're not going to get the results that you want. Yeah, yeah. And then the review, the the outcome won't be what they want. And they'll potentially blame you for that rather than them taking ownership. Yeah, and that's why, like, for me, I'm 100% comfortable in saying no to people. I mean, I'm really lucky, I think, now. I rarely get on a call with someone who I'm like, oh, my God, we're just not a fit. And you know that straight away. Yeah, most of the people that come through to me now are, you know they've been around me so they they know I'm a little bit sweary I'm very direct you know so they're the right people already but I think it is huge when you can get to the point in your business where you're like an empowered no of a client or you sack a client you know that's brilliant as well because I yeah. think it shows that you're evolving yeah definitely and I think I think for me coaching does need to be fairly direct otherwise you know you're not asking the questions that you know if if I was your client I want you to be direct with me because I'm paying you to help me see the stuff that I'm not seeing and move forwards yeah and if you're not direct you know pat you on the head and go oh it's well done great yeah Yeah, uh, I'm I don't know, you, you, a friend might do that for you. Yeah, and this is the thing, isn't it? And, and, you know, a lot of people, of course, we naturally turn to friends and discuss our problems with friends. But their job, most of the time, is to, you know, pass you a tissue and say they're there and it's going to be OK and be on your side. Whereas a coach is kind of all about showing you, you know, what else might be available. Yeah. Um, yeah. rather than kind of joining you where you are um it's about going okay well you know this is also available and this is also available but there are lots of lots of types of different coaches and lots yeah. of people who need different coaches so you know yeah. that's okay. yes different styles and approaches isn't there there's some who are very sort of um I don't know what the right word is pure coaching others who are a more mixture of sort of coaching and mentoring and yes. you know that yes. there's the sort of a range of techniques do you have yeah. kind of preferences in your techniques um, so I'm an NLP qualified coach that's neuro-linguistic program yeah. which is a lot about you know the words that we use what we say to ourselves and my kind of interventions if you like are grounded in NLP yeah then I've got other things that I've then added onto that. So I talk a lot about energy, for instance, and this is where the, the, the woo comes in, you know, and the universe and what we put out and how we can match that energy. 
And so I kind of bring it all together. And whilst I am a coach, I tend to say to people that are going to work with me, you know, I'll be a coach when you need it, which is the questioning and the showing you. And then a mentor sometimes if I've done something that you want to do or, you know, I've done something that you want to do, then that's mentoring. And sometimes I'm the consultant because the consultant gets to just tell you like it is because sometimes that's just what we need. Yeah, you need to know that is a bad idea. It's not going to work. Here's why. Ditch it. And that's it. And so that's that's all the things that I bring to the table. And that's great for some people, uh, you know, and not for others, which is which is fine. So that you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, there's different coaches for different things and different times of life. Have you had lots of different coaches and mentors yeah, so in your career? I, yeah, I believe that every coach needs a coach. You know, if it were up to me, everyone would have coaching and not from a kind of, you know, making money point of view. I just think it's it's so beneficial to people. I think if yeah. I think 12 years ago when I started coaching, it was still then almost like a whispered word. It was very American, you know. I think the Americans would say they have a therapist, or that's a terrible American accent. Or, <laughs> I'll edit know. that bit out. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then that kind of evolves into coaching. And I think you can find out so much about yourself and it can accelerate your results. I think for me, the definition of coaching is getting you where you want to go faster than if you went alone. So, I wish I had invested when I had my coaching to kind of help me with my depression. I didn't see the correlation about being in business. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I know how to do business, you know, that's fine. Um, and I think whenever I've up leveled or gone up and gone up, it's always when I've had some kind of coaching or mentoring or stuff like that. And I think for most of my, certainly the last five years or so, I've always had some kind of, coach or mentor and um, at the moment I'm in a mastermind and I've got a one-to-one coach as well and it's funny I was talking about this on a on a live earlier today you know when I made that investment I I, I was like sweating and a bit sick in my mouth because it was it's not yeah do those things this is the biggest investment that I've ever made but I know that it's what I need to get to the next level and I was talking to people about when we say, oh, you know, I want to get to 100,000 or I want to do X, Y, Z, whether it's in your business or personal, it's about how much belief we have in that ourselves. And yes. I know if you have the true belief is whether you, by the actions that you take, so either the investments that you make or the, you know, the things that you're doing on a daily basis. And so... I think for me, it's kind of going, okay, I want to get to this level and I know I can't do that on my own. So I'm going to have to invest. And, you know, coaching and masterminding and all that stuff, there's, there's a huge variety of yeah. You know, investment. Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. But for me, it's like if you're trying to get to that next level, then you've got to up level. And also, how can you expect people to invest in you as a business owner if you're not prepared to invest in yourself? Hey, just a quick word to let you know that today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Mulberry Design. 
Meet Sarah Sarkis. She's the driving force behind Mulberry Design, boasting over 25 years of web design expertise. She's not just a pro, she's your go-to guru for all things web. Sarah is a passionate advocate for female business owners, specializing in crafting contemporary WordPress websites that will turbocharge your online presence and boost your revenue like never before. Why do clients adore Sarah? It's not just her design finesse, it's her collaborative spirit. She's the perfect partner in success, blending technical ability with a warm, friendly approach that makes your website dreams a reality. At Mulberry Design, it's not just about creating you a website. It's about tapping into your inspiration, understanding your business needs, and ensuring your web presence syncs harmoniously with your vision. Go check out mulberrydesign.co.uk, where Sarah's mission is to make your business shine, or connect with her online at LinkedIn to start the conversation at linkedin.com forward slash Sarah Sarkis. That's Sarah Sarkis from Mulberry Design with over 25 years of web design excellence. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I also think it's a little controversial, but I do think in the coach coachy relationship, you know, I often ask this question or get asked this question as well. Whose responsibility is it for the results? Well, it's the coaching. Coachy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is what I went through myself when I made this last investment. Because I'm like, okay, so I've done it now. How am I going to make sure I get the absolute best out of yeah, this? Yeah, totally because agree. If other people are getting the results, then it's got to be me. So clearly the coach and the mastermind works because the people are getting results. So the only reason I wouldn't would be down to me. And um, somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago when they were going through the process to come on board as a client, you know, having a, like a pre-call. And she said, oh, do you offer a guarantee? I said, no, I don't, because I, but I completely 100% stand by my method. Let me ask you a question. What guarantee can you give me that you're going to, you know, put all in? Because that's, yeah. that's what it is, really. I know my stuff works. But it's about if you're ready and you want to make the change and so you want to go all in. Yeah. So and are they going to do their homework? Are they going to do if you also if you if you come out of a session with a coach with a yeah. list of things that you know you need to do, yes. are you going to actually go and do those things or just rock up to the next call going, yeah. Oh, here's some more to add to my list then? Yeah, exactly. It, and it's just having a the, chat then. This is the thing with personal development, you know, and like I said to you earlier, when I first discovered it, you know, I did read all the books, but was I actually taking any of it in? Probably not. But I could say, oh, yeah, I've read that and I've read that and I've read that. It has to be about the doing. Yeah. You know, you can't. I think we think of personal development and, you know, that whole arena as mental work. And it is. But then that has to translate into some kind of action in the physical world. Yeah. You, know, you can't yeah. just be like, you know, when we all discover the secret, don't we? And we're like, oh, great. I've just got to, you know, and I'm going to get a Ferrari. I'm going to get a Ferrari. And it's not the secret's fault. It's us because we don't understand that. Yeah, you've got to back that up with the aligned action. 
yeah, yeah not just stick a Ferrari picture on your wall and yeah. look at it every day yeah. and wait for it to magically appear on the driveway. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Sorry to bust everyone's bubble out there. Yeah, you have to actually do the action. Oh, too. if only it was that easy. <laughs> I'd have a lot of exotic holidays if that oh, was the case. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. I think for, for me, I, I like you, I've worked with lots of coaches and mentors over, the, well, my entire career and the I think probably the consistent thing for me with each time I've come out of the next sort of coaching relationship has been the realization that the thing that stopped me getting to the next level or doing that next thing has purely been me getting in my own way and it's nothing it's like it's not earth shattering stuff but it's sort of you only see it with hindsight and had I not had those sessions to kind of explore all the things that were going on I wouldn't have realized that that's what it was and then make a decision to get out of my own way and then do the things that we talked about and then the good thing happens it's I say it's um so a friend of mine who's a coach has a great phrase and he says that so coaches um get paid to help you find out what you already know (laughs) I'm like yeah it's true and it is and what you said there Carrie it you know it is us you me that is the thing it's not about the next um marketing thing or the next 27 dollar course or whatever it is you know or the next book we've all got those if what's in your mindset isn't right if you're not right then you won't have the tools to implement all that stuff so it's why you can have all the books and you've done all the courses and all of that stuff. And if something is still not working, then you have to realise it's it's inside and, it, and it's you. And that's when yeah. you, the coach can help you with that kind of it's stuff. Not, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. It's just you haven't realised and, and there's a block there that needs yeah. shifting if you want to move want to move forwards yeah. and okay. some people will carry on with that block forever and that's that's absolutely fine it's only you know of a nice phrasing coaching it's only a problem if it's a problem yeah yeah if you're perfectly happy yeah and exactly. it's all that's great right. then um yeah so what so you've been running your business for I think you said 12 or so yeah years now or another, yeah what what do you think the your biggest successes have been in that time what's the stuff you're most proud of I think so my husband is a retired police officer who is retired with PTSD and through that we've done some work with police officers and related kind of industries and I think that is very rewarding because it's it's helping those people who might not get that help yeah otherwise yeah. So that is really rewarding. And um, I think in the in the day to day, it is just when you see people and they start working with you and then they're just flying, you know, and other people see them. And they're like, oh, my God, something, you know, there's something different about it. what's happened. What's happened? And again, kind of to the point that you were just speaking about, it is down to them. You know, if a client ever says to me, oh, you, you know, look, you've done this for me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't do anything. I gave you the tools and the opportunities. And we're back to that kind of um, whose responsibility is it? And yeah. you them and you blew. And yeah. it's kind of like that. It is like a proud mama moment when you can see people doing, like many people who 
couldn't speak on stage before and now they're just standing there off the cuff delivering a 15 minute talk or they're maybe entering awards or they're maybe you know getting the money in that they want and that they've not had before and that they want to be able to treat their families and things and suddenly they're able to live this life that they want I think those are it sounds a little bit cliche but I just I think when you do something like I do you can't help but to be proud of yeah. those people and those moments a bit like you know I am always imagine like a photographer when you're doing a wedding or something and you present someone with their wedding pictures you know it, it's hard not to be proud of that couple and what they've put into that wedding and the moments that you've captured and really that's that's what you're there for it's we're all there to facilitate in our businesses something we all for me I facilitate change you know whatever it is that we do it's about the people that we do it for I think anyway and that's that that's that's kind of your why isn't it the yeah, the, the, the reason is. for yeah, what you do is because when I look back and I see the struggle that I had you know when I was depressed when I started my business and now it's like okay look you don't have to you don't have to go through that you don't have to bang your head against a brick wall every day wondering what the hell is wrong with you you can reach out and you can get this you know, you can get help, you can get coached, you can get whatever it is, you know, everything's kind of around us, isn't it, these days. And it's just that I, th- I think as women particularly, we're not great at reaching out for help. Right, um, helping other people, but so oh, yeah, many struggle. all over that. And, you know, what I always say to people is think about that. Think about how much you love to help people. When you don't ask for help, you're actually denying somebody else the opportunity to feel like that and help you. And I think that helps some people to realize that you know it's okay to ask for help and that's why I think networking and communities like women who are really important because it it builds that community and makes a place where you can feel empowered and safe enough to say you know what this is a bit crap right now and I could do with some help with xyz I think that's that's the importance and you know I know that's part of the reason that you created it that's our why to to, to stop feeling like you're doing it all on your own yeah there's a lot of other people in the same or very similar positions or who've dealt with the same challenge you're you're dealing with so yeah no challenges what what do you think yours have been um I think definitely personally would be you know sort of battling the depression after yeah mom realizing that because having been a, a person who would I consider myself a strong person and a, a person who oh well, no I'll, I wouldn't go through something like that because I'm very very strong and I think that's why it took me so long to realize it so personally definitely that um and business wise I think it is that knowledge that you don't have it's like you know how to do the do so you know, you know yeah I know how to coach but what about the bloody accounts and all of that? Yeah, all that, that stuff. Accountants, you know, um, marketing, um, sales, you know, networking, all of those things. How, you know, should I be VAT registered? Should I not? Should I put this through the business? Should I not? Can I put my coffee in Costa through the business? It's all of those things. I wish that I had asked for help with those things sooner. 
realize that other people feel the same instead of thinking i can't ask the accountant that is going to think i'm stupid i can't ask the marketing person that they're going to think i'm dumb and so you kind of i call it you almost like sticky tape this business together and then sounds familiar (laughs) yeah and then it grows and you're like oh god this really doesn't work it's super clunky but actually to unravel it all feels like a big deal i think you know what i say to my clients now is act like you're the business you want to be right now and that doesn't I'm not talking about spending money I'm just saying document your processes for instance um definitely get like a a virtual assistant or something from the beginning because I think what happened with me is you go along you go along and we talked earlier about you know it's very much money in money out and I get that but with the virtual assistant I kept thinking oh yeah I'm going to get one I'm going to get one I'm going to get one And then I was like, oh, now it's too much work to actually tell them how to do this thing. Yeah, Um, yeah. And it's your baby as well. Your business is is your baby. And the idea of handing responsibility for elements of that over to somebody else is is a pretty daunting, isn't it? It is. And I also think with with BAs, a bit like with the coach, there's there's a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of BAs. And it's about finding the one that matches you, that has the qualities maybe that you don't as well. You know, so if you're not particularly organized, that is organized, but but also has some of your personality traits so that they can, you know, match you in your energy and stuff like that. I definitely I've done that earlier and acted like I was a big business from the start. So putting those processes in place and things like that, I think would be if I had to go back and do it all again. That is something that I would think of. And also not getting caught up in the stuff. Like we love a bit of procrastination, don't we? And we do. It, I'm brilliant yeah. at that. And I don't think it matters if you're just starting with your where you are on your business journey, because there's always stuff that you know you should do, but for whatever reason, you know, you're procrastinating coffee, you know, I call it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> get coffee instead. But like things like, um, oh, well, I've got to get my logo done before I can, you know, do this. I've got to get my business cards. I've got to get a website. I've got to get this. Oh, yes, I did that for me. Yeah. (laughs) And we think we need all of these things. Well, no, what you need is some money in the bank, i.e. clients. That's what you need. So, you know, there are ways to do that without having a website or a logo or business cards or anything like that. So I think it's just realising that, you can distract yourself and then say, oh, this isn't working. I haven't got any clients. Oh, we've got this beautiful website that I've invested all my money in, but no clients. You know, it's, I think it's about realising in the beginning and, and further along the journey when you are actually hiding behind something else instead of doing the things that you need to do. Yes, that's that sounds like you were in a conversation listening to me and a previous business coach that I worked with because that was exactly what I was doing. Very yeah. um and, and she said similar, it's loads of people do it. It holds people back and um hundred yeah, percent. It's daft. You can you can I mean, get I going. Know, I don't work with a lot of startups, but I know that, you know, it's like it's that kind of I need a logo, I need a name. Oh God, I'm gonna spend three months thinking about what I'm gonna call myself. Um that is exactly what I did. Yeah. I need uh cards and I need a website. And you know the reality is you don't really need any of that. Get get some money in and then you can think about those things. And you can pay someone else to do it for you. <laughs> thing as you grow as well we can go oh I can't do that because you know think about awards for instance and I know you have some awards and people are like 
oh, I can't enter the award because I haven't got my website ready or I can't enter the awards because I've not been in business that long or I can't enter the awards because this, this, this. And it's like, no, that all you're doing actually is putting something there that you're hiding behind an excuse um, yeah. that is not a valid reason about, you know, why you can do it because mate, maybe you're scared and that's fine. Let's talk about that. Let's not talk about, you know, having to get a website yeah. before you can enter an award. And that's, that's partly why the for the Women Who Awards we opened it up for people to nominate other members rather than people nominating themselves yes. um, because that then meant we had so many nominations for people who were totally surprised that anybody would nominate them at all because they'd never nominate themselves. But no, exactly. you know, they nominated half a dozen times. Yeah, we have a real thing about blowing our own trumpets. Yeah. Think, you know, combination of women British, <laughs> that's bragging, darling. You know, no, it's not. I'm just saying, I've done this, I've done that. Yeah. And I said to someone the other day, they were asking me about writing an award entry. And I said, write it as if I was writing it, because what you've written so far is just so boring and doesn't tell me any of the great stuff that you've done. So imagine I was writing it about you, you know, what would I be saying? And she found that much easier. And it's right. Yeah. You can nominate somebody else and talk about them really easily. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's the approach that we'll take again this year for uh, the 2023 awards at the end of the year, which will come around really quickly, I think. Yeah, I think once <laughs> this year all... fast. Well, so I was talking about this today. It, five weeks today, as we're recording this, is actually the first of September. That's quite oh god! Oh no! I like autumn, so that's fine. I like autumn. Yeah, no, I like autumn, and I love that period. I think um, fresh start moments, I call them, and I think September is like a natural fresh start. It's that back to school, isn't it? Yeah. And then we start thinking about it's the end of the year, and even if it's not the end of the financial year, you're like, oh, it's the end of the year. You know, what am I going to do by the end of the year, and all of that sort of stuff. And that I always find that period, September to December, just like goes so so quickly. Uh, Yeah, it's an expensive time of year. Yeah. as well isn't it so uh, yeah you need to uh, spend some time over the summer uh yeah. upgrading so that uh come September yeah. you've got loads of new clients so <laughs> are there are there other things that you've kind of learned along the way that you know if you were advising your younger self when you were setting up that you would you would put in place um I think definitely the, you know, being open to asking for help and being yourself are my two biggest things. That thing of, yeah. you know, the more me I am, the more the more people I attract. And I think also making sure that you've got that network around you, not necessarily going networking if that's not your thing, but that you have some people around you that can lift you up. I, I heard the other day about, you know, we all know that thing about, you know, the people you hang around with is the person you become. I don't yeah. know if I said that, but you get the gist. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I heard this thing the other day about, I think you called it the law of 33%. And basically said that at any one time, you should have a third of the people who are kind of on your journey, but they are, they are you previously, if you like. Yeah. A third of the people should be your peers. And then a third of the people should be the people that you're looking towards that and that could be mentors as well. But they're the people who inspire you to get to the next level in your you know, business relationship, whatever it is. And I really like that idea because it means that as the one in the middle, 
you can do that the hand down and help the ones coming up and you're the one that's inspiring other people and I don't think we realize that sometimes and then you've got your peers who you can share the, the problems and the pains of where you are with and then you've got the kind of mental ones above who are where you want to go to so I quite like that idea of having yeah. that yeah I do like that um I also like the idea of not just focusing on where you're going but supporting others who are kind of coming behind you and that kind of helping giving ideas part of the um five ways to well-being isn't it it's all part of helps you feel better in yourself as well as you're helping somebody else most definitely and I think along that same lines as well you know being a coach I am all about your goals and where you're going but also if you focus all the time on that, there will, there will always be a gap because like, yeah. when you get to that goal, you want another goal. And so sometimes it's, and if it's a big goal, it's like, well, I'm so far away, whether that's in business or, you know, trying to lose weight or whatever it is, it can seem so far away. And I think sometimes it's helpful to look back to see how far you've come. Yeah. Because, you know, I had this conversation with the client the other day. Okay, let's just look back from January, how far you've come. So constantly focusing forward is like, okay, well, I've still got so far to go. And there's always going to be the gap because that's the purpose of the goal, right? It's yeah. yeah. different from where you are now. So sometimes it's okay to look back and go, to use it as a tool to spur you on, look how far I've come, look what I've achieved in the last yeah. year, month, yeah. month, even sometimes, to give you that uplift of like, I am actually making progress even though the end goal might be some way away. That to me is how it's useful to look backwards. It's never useful to look backwards to, you know, wish you could change things because you can't. Yeah, it's the past. It's too late. Move forwards. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The only thing, the only power in the past is to learn from. But I do like the idea of kind of looking back and going, okay, well, look how much I've achieved. Great. Now I'm spurred on to carry on towards my goal. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And then I guess with the the big goals, it's breaking it down into smaller yeah. milestones between here and there so that it doesn't always feel like it's a really long way away. Totally, because if you, you know, start in business and it's your goal to have a £100,000 business, then that could be some way off. Yes, yeah, so that's unlikely that's- to be overnight. <laughs> Exactly. You know, celebrating the first £1,000 in the bank and then your consistent £1,000 and then the two and then the three and the five and the eight. You know, that's what it's all about. And I think definitely celebrating along the way. You know, that was something that I definitely didn't do because I was so focused on where I was going and I forgot to celebrate along the way. And what happens is you kind of get... um, I'm getting like a, almost like a goal burnout because it I think yeah. it's that thing of looking how far you've got to go and it's like like I'm just going towards this I'm going towards this I'm going towards this and it's you know I can't celebrate until I'm there and even though you've got your milestones in place you don't see them as celebration milestones and this is yeah. why I think it's handy to kind of look back and go oh what what am I celebrating this week what was great about this week because the and what I find is a lot of people find that quite difficult until they get into the habit of it because it's yeah. like, well, yeah. I haven't because I'm I'm on my way here. So until I'm there, I haven't got the thing. But actually, there's normally, you know, it would have to be a really terrible week for you not to have a win in there that you can go. Actually, 
well done me, pat myself on the back and give yourself that boost to carry on the next week. Uh, flashbacks to a, uh, I went to a, a women's leadership conference um, a few, a couple of weeks ago and um, the sort of opening session, they had a, a, a singer on and part of the um, lyrics for one of the songs she was singing was, and she got us all to stand up and do it in the audience. And it was pat on the back, pat on the chest, pat on the back, pat on the chest yeah, to kind of hype yeah. you up yeah. and celebrate the things that you'd, uh, you'd yeah. achieved. So, um, love that. yeah, very big on the celebrating. No matter how small it is, it's a step towards where you want to go. Exactly. So, well, thank you very much for talking to oh, me no. today. Um, I always finish with the same couple of questions, but okay. one you've kind of already answered. Because okay. the, the one that I always ask is, when you were little, what did yeah. you want to be when you grew up? Now, has, was it always a dancer when you it were little? It was always, always a dancer. Um, you know, I, I was the, the three-year-old in the in the ballet outfit and everything. And, you know, at that time, my mum was a single mom, so it was a big thing for me to go to, to class. Yeah. But yeah, I had, you know, the whatever you're conjuring in your mind as a three-year-old in a ballet class, that's exactly it. Yeah, the little yeah, pink and tutus, tutus and, and yeah, and, yeah and all that stuff. And then, yeah. then I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a bit too boisterous for ballet. So that's when I got then into the, the tap yeah. and disco. That was more my my thing. But um, yeah, always wanted to always do. dancing. Mm-hmm. And then the very last question: Who are your women? Who the women who inspire and motivate you? Yeah, I think for me, you know, there are lots of celebrities or famous people or, you know, big role models in the world. And there's quite a few of those that you can pull out that would probably be generic along uh, amongst a lot of people. For me, the people that really inspire me are the people who go before me in, in the real world, as I would call yeah. it. Yeah, so, you know, there's some some coaches that I particularly look up to, and I'm not talking you Tony Robbins and you Denise Duffield Thomases. I, I love they're, those. they're brilliant, but yeah. yeah. But I want people a bit like I suppose when I said the third, the third, the third of the people. Yeah, those people are on that next level of the journey where I'm going. Those are the people who inspire me, and the the ladies around me. When I, you know, when I come to Women Who Network and I see people and they talk about their journeys, and I just think, wow. Because I think, like you said earlier, we 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 are so much better at looking at other people and seeing yeah. that, you know. And I think, it, but it's important to realise that we are the inspiration for other people, and that's why it's so important to have that um, platform to be able to share your journeys because those are the people. It's the real people. Yes, of course, I'm inspired as a as a smaller child, not not so small, but you know, Margaret Thatcher, first female prime minister being you know quite mouthy and forward I was like yes I could be Margaret Thatcher you know with better hair Uh, (laughs) and those kind of things and you know I love Michelle Obama I think she's got some great things and people like that but for me it is the people in everyday life around me um and in that kind of yeah uh, I've only just realized now it is that rule uh, you know that law of 33 percent it's the people that are coming up behind me it's the people that are around me and it's the people that are where I want to get to that's what inspires me on a day-to-day basis I think a lot of people would resonate that resonate with that you know you can look up to the celebrity types but there's something as authentic as they might present yeah you're never going to know them exactly but the people around you are real 
Um, yeah. And they're doing the things that you want to do. You yeah. know, I would love to be Beyonce. I'm just going to put that out there, you know, and I think I could do a really good job of standing in for if she was ever hurt and fell off stage. I could be up there. <laughs> but, you know, that's not where I want to go in my life. Yeah. Where yeah. I want to go is I want a big coaching practice and I want to impact loads of people who maybe don't even know my name because through Yet. somebody, they have an impact on somebody else. that's much more inspiring to me thank you for listening to the high vibe tribe podcast with me dawn owen i'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media and if you know someone who would enjoy it too then don't keep it to yourself share the vibes don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.